Welcome to Marketing. Grab some coffee and let's talk about what's working in marketing, who these strategies are designed for, and how to be customer centric while we do it. Hi there, this is Leanne with Marketing, and I'm joined today by Neil Shaw. He has 15 plus years of experience as a seasoned product marketer. He has been in tech and B2B SaaS, and he is just someone that I look to for ways to be a better product marketer. Neil, I know that's kind of a, a grand entrance, but could you just tell us more about how you got to this place in your career and what what fuels you and more about your background? Yeah, first of all, thank you, Leanne, for having me on your podcast. Uh, I was really looking forward to this, uh, you know, since uh, last time we spoke. Uh, about my journey and background, so actually, I am. It's been an interesting one for me. I started my career in engineering back in 2008. So I was a software engineer working at NetApp, and I spent three years in software engineering. Uh, and while I love the analytical side of problem solving, you know, as an engineer, I just felt like I was not getting enough exposure to customers, the market, the partners. And I just had a very natural inclination towards that. So, you know, over the years, I made intentional efforts to move into roles that would give me that sort of exposure. Uh, next, I embarked on a journey to product management from engineering. I spent, you know, a good three, four years there understanding the product, the customers, how to develop business cases, and then eventually... Uh, made the transition to product marketing for the last, you know, nine to 10 plus years. Uh, and I just uh, fell in love with the craft and just art of product marketing. So it's, uh, you know, it's taken me a journey to get there, but I'm really happy being able to make that transition over these years. And I, I just love, I just love product marketing. And I love that because it just, it gives us like the intentionality of your choices because yeah. Um, we don't often see or or hear enough about engineers that want to talk to customers. Yep. I think the feedback that we get from online forums or memes or whatever says the opposite. And that's not always the case. That's not fair. Yeah. Uh, so would you say that talking to the customers is most of the appeal of product marketing or what parts of you know product marketing specifically appealed to you? Yeah, I think there are a lot of facets to product marketing that are really appealing, but actually I want to take even one step deeper and and maybe I can share my experiences on how you can find your ideal role, right? So, you know, when I was growing up in India, you know, our parents want us to become engineers, lawyers, or doctors, right? <laughs> that, was, that was pretty common. So when I, you know, just graduated out of college, you know, I, you know, my parents like, why don't you just take up engineering? And to be honest, when you're young, you know, you really don't know what you want to, you know, do from a long-term career standpoint. So I said, my friends were going for engineering. I said, okay, let's just do engineering. That's how I got enrolled into engineering. And, you know, I spent like good four years there and that really became the foundation. And then, you know, came to the U.S., did my master's at, uh, at University of uh, Southern California. So I continued to double down on engineering. But I think what I didn't realize is, Growing up in a big city like Mumbai, where folks are a lot more outgoing, uh, you know, you, your friend circle, your environment that you kind of grow up actually lands up impacting on what career choices you make. So while I actually studied engineering, I realized at a later point in my career, there was a natural inclination of me to understand, you know, uh, more about customers, more about partners, more about how the industry works. And I think just coming from a big city that just came very naturally to me. So that 
that helped me ask myself, you know, honest and genuine questions, whether, you know, is this career I want to double down for 30 plus years, or do I actually want to start putting the intentional effort to make a transition into a role that I really aspire to be in? And, you know, it takes time because when you want to make transition, you have to experiment, you have to test new things. And only by doing that, you eventually get to a place where you, you find your sweet spot. And, and that's what I've really tried over the past many years. Yeah, that's that's something that I think resonates with a lot of marketers is that yeah. many people that end up doing well in marketing didn't necessarily study it in college or undergrad. It's something that they realize that's how their brain works. Yeah. And that is where it was a frictionless experience. Yeah. And I mean, I assign you the value of you must have been very skilled at engineering. So it wasn't as if you were necessary. And, and this is lots of assumptions that you were struggling or that, you know, you weren't good at it because you must have been pretty decent at it to get to where you are. And so, you know, and I think that that is something that is powerful is that you can be good at many things and you can choose which things you're good at bring you the most satisfaction in your career. Yeah, totally spot on. And actually, you know, this reminds me of, uh, an analogy or or advice I got from one of my mentors, right? While I was really trying to figure out uh, my own journey, and and what he said is, listen, you know what? In life, don't get good at the wrong thing, right? And I really didn't truly understand that at that point in time, but as I kind of evolved with my own journey, I think what he was trying to say is like, you know, there will be situations where you continue to do what you're doing, and you might actually get good at it but you may not land up having a, you know, a satisfied career. So it's like, okay, I could have pursued engineering because that's what my foundation was, but maybe I would have got good at the wrong thing and not being a marketer. And to me, like, you know, if I would like share any experiences when the young, younger folks are coming up through the ranks, try to figure out what comes very naturally to you, right? Just like you said, our brain is wired in a certain way. Some, some are really good at solving math problems, some are really good with you know, closing deals like sales reps, or some are just have a good combination of both the logical and the creative mindset. And, you know, maybe marketing is a choice for them. So, you know, my, my, my advice to anybody coming up to the ranks is look, ask yourself, what am I really good at that comes naturally? And then try to double down on that because, you know, you don't want your job to be, uh, uh, to be not fun, right? Every day you get up in the morning, you want to be in a flow state where you're just enjoying the process. And so, so yeah, that's, that's what I recommend. Yeah. I agree wholeheartedly. And, you know, I, I would say that most of the audience of this podcast is, is a little bit more in the, like, we've made that choice and we're, we're into it. But at the same time, I think it's important that it doesn't matter if you're five, 10, 15, 20 years into your career, to yep. constantly reevaluate what's working for you and where you have evolved into. Totally. Um, and the transferable skills, you know, there's always something that is going to transfer into some aspect, just like how engineering transferred into product market, product management, which yeah. then as a product manager, you can, you know, if, when you, if you transfer into product marketing or back and forth, because I see a lot of management and product marketers kind of like flow back and forth. You have yep. an understanding of the the holistic system in which you're operating 
which therefore makes you better at what's underneath your umbrella. So even if you've been in like demand gen or inbound or whatever we're calling it these days, from day one, you need to understand the whole situation in order to execute well at your scope. Yep, yep totally. And and, and actually, you know, that actually also brings about a point. I actually have had a lot of, uh, you know, folks who work in demand gen capacity or content marketers. Matter of fact, I just spoke to two or three of them this week and they were asking for, hey, you know, one of the ways I could actually transition into product marketing uh, but at the same time, I've also had individuals who kind of thought about product marketing, but they also see the shiny object in product management. And they're trying to figure out, should I do product management or should I do product marketing? And I always go back to say, hey, listen, you know what? To 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 get into a career, you need to understand how, how that function works in the first place, right? And only by having a deeper understanding and evaluating your own personality traits, you are able to kind of make a decision, hey, listen, what in product marketing, when I am launching new products, or I'm doing competitive analysis, or I'm actually going to an event and doing a case study session with a customer on stage, those things affect me, right? Versus being a product manager, it's like, hey, I love working with engineering. I love to come up with some new ideas, or I, I love to write PRDs. You know, those are the questions you need to ask yourself and to, to really find out where, where you really want to pursue your career. Yeah. I I wish it was more of an open system. But at the same time, I understand why it's not where you could like take your friend to work day where they can see like what it yeah. really looks like in that role for a full day. And yeah. that's where having those friendships within your own org where maybe yeah. you can do that within your org. And say, oh, hey, buddy, I, I, it also makes you a better marketer. Uh, yep. <laughs> it makes you a better colleague where you, you yep. understand what their job really is. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, you know, listen, in today's world where there's so much information available, right, on Google, so many courses out there, actually, you can also go on LinkedIn and look at profiles of individuals who've actually made that transition. So I, I can tell you when I was, you know, making that cutover from product management to product marketing. Luckily, I was surrounded by really good friends who helped me evaluate uh, and understand the craft of product marketing. Uh, and then when you look at profiles of individuals who are ahead of you in their career, uh, you will see very clear patterns that will stand out, right? And so that's also one way to, you know, profile somebody that you really admire, aspire, uh, and maybe even ask for a coffee chat, you know, uh, you know, professional. The ones who are the ones who are later in their career, they love helping the ones who are coming up through the ranks. So don't be don't be shy of you know hitting people up if uh, if you th- if you think they can really help you making the right choices. Absolutely, yeah. um, all of my guests know I am a big fan of the cold DM. So I and and you know what? It's yeah. led to some of the best conversations that yeah. are out there. Is that. People will just ignore you if they don't want to. They aren't going to like, like, it's just like crickets is the truth. If, if someone doesn't want to talk to you, they just won't. But yeah. if you approach kindly with, you know, the right intentions and yeah. not pitch slapping them, yeah. you know, it, professional to professional, most people are pretty receptive to it. Yeah. And, and um, we, we met through, you know, we connected through a few posts and uh, next thing we know, we're doing a podcast here. So this is a perfect example of it. Exactly. And, you know, I'm not going to go as far to say as uh, my podcast is product marketing in action because I'm doing customer interviews. But, yeah. you know, if if we were really going to stretch the truth, we, we maybe could. As far as 
you know, when people are operating within their org and they're trying to, you know, bring a product into their GTM, GTM has, has really evolved in the past yeah, year. Yeah, so kind of what do you count is under the umbrella of product marketing if we were going to define it as a role? And then to follow that up, how do we see that impacting marketing strategy overall? Yeah, you know, I think the first answer to your question, um, you know, over the years, I've kind of built this framework or formula in my in my head about what product marketing is. So let me share it with you. In my view, you know, there are five pillars of product marketing. Number one is uh, you're kind of responsible to quarterback all the product launches that are happening in the company, at least from a outbound standpoint, right? Second is uh, you want to keep a uh, close eye on the competition. So any kind of competitive Intel sort of programs, you would own it. Sales enablement, working with the cross-functional team on really making sure all the content you're building, you know, it could be the pitch deck, could be an EBR deck, uh, could be you know competitive belt, or as you're in a position to work with uh, your go-to-market team and really enable them, right? Because that's those are the folks that are standing on the front line. So sales enablement, again, it's a is a huge aspect of uh, what product marketing does. Uh, integrated campaigns, a lot of times, uh, you know, market the rest of the marketing team is gonna depend on product marketing to really build the underlining messaging, the buyer messaging, right? And so being able to build that foundation for your demand gen teams where now they're gonna use those inputs and run integrated campaigns that build pipeline um, uh, for the company, I think, I think that's massive. And last but not the least, messaging and positioning, right? You really wanna build a new, you know, category or be a part of an existing category that is that uh, that is highly dis- differentiated, and so being able to learn the messaging and positioning techniques that helps you build a category or be part of an existing one uh, in a unique way, uh, you know, uh, that bodes really well for product marketing. So it might be like those are the five uh, pillars of product marketing, uh, and then I think uh, you had another second part question. Yeah, and, and how and you touched on this when you mentioned some of the other kind of aspects of marketing, but but how does it integrate into the overall marketing strategy? Like what's yeah, what's its place? And and I think that that's very open ended. But you know, yeah. go yeah. So so you know, listen. Every in my view, and again, I may I may be biased because I have a part marketing background, but listen, everything starts with a with a very clear understanding of your market your customers and your competitors. These three things are non-negotiable uh, as a product marketer. And that really builds a foundation on, you know, if your content marketer is going to be building content strategy, they need to understand the buyer challenges. If your demand gen person is going to run campaigns, they have to understand the pains of the buyer and how the solutions are going to help them solve those. Uh, if you're looking at brand and creative elements, they need to understand the buyer challenges to be able to put the visuals that that map back to it, right? So as a product marketer, uh, you know, really helps kind of build that foundation for the marketing teams in terms of understanding of customers, your ICP, the pain, the solutions, and then the rest of the marketing team kind of really, really takes this to a whole new level uh, and uses different types of channels to, to spread the word out in the market and then uh, eventually build pipeline and help sales team close more deals. I love it. Would yeah. you say that product marketing is kind of a misnomer and it's really customer marketing? That's a great question. You know, I can tell you one thing, product marketing is misunderstood, at least in B2B SaaS. I've worked for, you know, 
four companies where I've done different types of product marketing, all the way from Hitachi Data Systems, where, where I really got started with product marketing in a much bigger company setup, to- totally different style of product marketing. And then high growth companies like Automation Anywhere and Sendoso most recently, the the perception from your CEO or from your executives on what product marketing varies from company to company. And I think uh, what, what makes product marketing a lot of fun uh, and, 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 and specialize is the art itself. It's a very small community of PMMs compared to a community of PMs or content marketers. And what the lands up happening is the level of expertise you really need to deeply understand product marketing only comes with experience. And that means if your head of sales has never worked with product marketer before, the chances are his expectations are uh, not going to be super aligned, right? But if you've got a seasoned head of sales who work with product marketers at two, three companies, he's going to be super streamlined on on how he works with you. So I think, yeah, that's that's kind of my view. It's kind of mis- most misunderstood, but that also makes it, you know, fun uh, and challenging at the same time. Yeah. I mean, I have felt that most of marketing is misunderstood. And I know that we've all had those moments where we're like, look, it's more than fonts and colors. It's actually pretty deep. But, you know, I think I I agree about product marketing is that um, one of the things that drew me to it, even though I've never been in like a titled salaried, like yeah. and only does part product marketing role is that I bring that with me to all of my roles because mm-hmm. that's the future. And it doesn't matter if you're in an industrial company or a low tech or a service yeah. is that you have to bring in those product marketing fundamentals Correct. as the world gets more digital. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think that's that's spot on because, you know, irrespective, you're working in B2B SaaS, you're working in a pharma company, you're working in a financial company. When you go to market, there are certain set of basics and foundations that remain the same across all these different verticals. And that's where, you know, you if you are able to see the problems through a land of product marketer, it's just going to uh, help you tremendously, irrespective of the industry you're part of. Yeah, absolutely. So... What would you say that one of the biggest like mistakes that you see people make when they're doing product marketing, like where they're just a little bit off center and it's wrong enough to have like a pretty big impact? Yeah, actually, I was uh, that's a great question. I was just coaching uh, a bunch of upcoming PMMs uh, last week on a on a webinar, and uh, we actually had fantastic discussion around a lot of different topics, right? So one of, one of the students asked me, uh, you know, I constantly keep getting feedback from my manager that I'm not strategic enough. What does that really even mean? Different than product marketing? Uh-huh. Yeah, I think it, uh, that's an interesting question. And uh, it, I think it depends on the stage of the company, to be honest. So a lot of times you will see in early stage startups, especially Series A, which are operating with a very small marketing team. Usually they have a head of marketing and the head of marketing can come from any background, right? They may come from a product marketing background, or they may come from a dimension, depends on, on the needs of the company. So I would say, like, in general, what I've seen is in an early stage startup, Series A, uh, usually they tend to operate with one product marketer who is able to cover the breadth, uh, the full breadth. Uh, that, I think, is one of the toughest roles, in my view. And then as you start to go into Series B, Series C, and above, uh, you start to form different teams. And at scale, you really have highly specialized role. I actually did a, one of the LinkedIn posts uh, 
on four types of PMM that got a lot of engagement, actually a lot of debate too, which was which was fun at the same time. So, you know, there are four types of PMM in big, big orgs. You have your platform PMM, who's doing a lot of product launches. Uh, you've got competitive Intel PMM that's keeping an eye on the competition. You have solutions PMM that's really crafting new solutions, uh, new buyer strategies, you know, helping demand gen teams with integrated, uh, integrated campaigns. And I, I forget the fourth one. You got solutions. Market research. I need to go back to my posts. It's just, <laughs> you know, there, are, there are four types of PMM. There's, there's one more. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting because recently I've seen a lot of people saying that product marketers should be the first marketing hire. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, a generalist with product marketing mindset and experience is crucial to find that early yeah. product market fit. Um, because if you, you can't put the cart before the horse, you can't start with all these assumptions, you know, like sometimes content, if you start off with like content marketing mindset, then yeah. you haven't answered or solved for the things that come first. And so, you know, I, I think that it's right to bring a product marketer on early, but, you know, a generalist product marketer instead of a specialized one, maybe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and on the note of specialization, I just remember for type of product marketer, it's actually industry PMM, the one who has a deep understanding of a given industry, let's say finance or banking, when you're trying to build core market strategies around those verticals. So yeah, industry PMM is a fourth one. And, and going back to like, yeah, early stage startups in an ideal world, yes, I think, you know, product marketing should be your first hire, but it, it really also depends on, you know, your CEO's exposure to, to marketing and, and to what extent do they truly understand it, or even your VP marketing who's leading the pack. Uh, you know, I, I've seen if they come from a content background, they will have a natural inclination or bias towards content which is okay because that's that's what they've done throughout but yeah I, I've, I've seen situations differ quite a bit especially in early stage startups yeah and and you know i love the phrase it depends because it always does right there's no yeah. hard and fast rule certain types of of startups like a you know are more inclined to being more relevant to have a content marketer like if you're um a platform that helps people create content, you better be creating it yourself using your product to showcase that ability and demonstrate yep. the value. Yep. Um, but that's, you know, if you're behind the scenes, like internal software, maybe content isn't where you start, you know? Yeah. Um, it all depends. Yeah. yeah. Um, and one, one distinction, uh, interesting one is also when you have building software that's very technical, uh, like maybe say cybersecurity or data storage, uh, DevOps, just some few examples top of mind. To build go-to-market content, you really need a technical PMM. You can't get away with that. But if you're selling maybe, you know, not a very highly technical product, something that can be easily understood, maybe in the MarTech space, there are a lot of tools that you sell to sales and marketing where uh, they're not that complicated from a technical standpoint. So maybe, you know, at early on, maybe you want to bring a content marketer who can build the right strategies to help you drive pipeline as opposed to a technical PMM, right? So those are kind of two different, it's just an example of situation of where a PMM may or may not be able to help. I think that's a great example because if you have somebody in like a MarTech and you have somebody in a cybersecurity, sometimes 
people don't even don't e- they it's never entered their world some of the technical aspects yep. of yep. cybersecurity and yep. and i think that that's perfectly valid i like there's no judgment there like if you didn't need to know it why would you but if you need to market it you gotta like have a technical understanding of it or be able to yep. pick it up very very quickly because you understand the premise and that's so right. i could see someone coming from an engineering background understanding the premise of the code yep. has these susceptibilities and you need this type of cybersecurity in order to make sure that the api or the you know whatever um, things don't go crazy. It, yep. it, you have to have some sort of technicality or ability to get there quickly um, yep. to make yeah. it happen. Yeah, and and that's where you know that's where I think uh, coming from any kind of technical background, either could be engineering, or maybe you came from a technical marketing uh, role, or even a solutions consultant, and you now are transitioning to product marketing. That actually gives you a huge competitive advantage, just being able to understand the technical sort of things because. When you're talking to product teams, they will value and appreciate somebody who can talk at a technical level, right? So, you know, that that kind of becomes an advantage. Uh, well, downside of it is sometimes, you know, you downside from time to time I've also seen is until you've fully understood the the, the depth of product marketing, uh, you can get super technical and actually miss out on the value-driven messaging positioning. So you, you just you just need to understand what the right balance is. And, and use that to your advantage. Yeah, that's a really great insight because both of those things could happen. Is that yep. you could get yep. so deep into the oh I know this and very excited and rightfully yeah. so, and and miss out on you know it's the same as creating ten pieces of content instead of being strategic. Exactly. Um, exactly. There's so many ways to fall in that pothole. Totally. Um, and so as we're kind of looking at marketing and, and product marketing. Where do you think the future of this is? Like, where do you think it should go? You know, that's a, that's a great question. Uh, I think my view, at least in 2024, and the areas that I'm looking at personally to develop as a product marketer is one is uh, actually build a little bit uh, more content, share my experiences uh, with fellow PMMs on LinkedIn. Uh, so, you know, most recently, I've just taken up writing PMM content on LinkedIn. I actually have seen tremendous response. I've seen a lot of folks reach out who want to learn product marketing. And it's also helping me to kind of flesh out my thoughts and frameworks. So I think, you know, building a personal brand about any uh, area of expertise uh, that you have, I think social is going to be huge. It's going to continue to get better and better in five, 10 years out. Uh, If you look at 2022 and 2023, where you spend a lot of marketing budgets on acquiring customers from different channels. Um, just given the market conditions, not a lot of marketers saw ROI. But the beauty about LinkedIn is everything is organic. And you, if you're a company or an individual, if you if you write content on LinkedIn, it helps you build a brand from a long-term, right? So I think personal goals for me is how can I continue to, be, to become better and better and put my message across on LinkedIn. And then the second one is with, uh, obviously there's a lot of buzz around artificial intelligence and I'm trying to figure out what artificial intelligence really means and helps a product marketer to get better on, on his daily job. Right. I think, you know, again, there are a lot of ways to do it, but I'm trying to like really dissect on how artificial intelligence is going to help a PMM do a better job uh, in 2024 versus the, the two year 2022 or 2023. 
So yeah, those are those are two areas I'm focused on. Yeah, and and I think that's that's some really great call outs because almost everyone says AI, right? Yeah. But no one no one's really like saying, with the exception of you know, I'm not. This is not sponsored. I you know, I'm here if they want to sponsor it. But yeah. Mutiny is a really cool company yeah. um, that that is using AI and they're using it yeah. in a tangible way that is yeah. sound. Um, and, and, you know, that's one of the ways where not everyone's saying like, you know, everyone's got a plug into chat GPT, like everyone's yep. got access, but how are they using it in a demonstratively impactful way? How is it moving the needle? How is it yep. increasing our efficiency? And for a product marketer, the way that, you know, the ways that I see AI, uh, improving efficiency are better social listening. Yeah. is better reports on competitive intelligence. I've seen some really bad social listening tools that give me yeah. almost no value. And then I've seen some ones that do really exceptionally well. Yeah. And like that type of thing is where, how is this going to help us improve? How is this going to increase efficiency? How is this going to reduce costs and and, and improve bandwidth? Yeah. You know, totally. if if I have to spend an extra hour sorting through a report that's like half true, I'm just not going to do it. I'm just going to go straight to the source and spend time doom scrolling and keeping yeah. my finger on the pulse. Totally, totally. And, uh, you know, just on that topic, actually, I was playing around with ChatGPT last week and I'm just trying to figure out how it can really 10x the life of a PML. And I, you know, put a few prompts out there and uh, maybe, you know, it's still in early stages, but I got a lot of... Uh, uh, responses back that were I felt a little bit more generic, and I think to me that was it was clear that the AI tools cannot replace the PMM experiences that you build through both good and hard times, right? Uh, and so at, at some point in time, I'd love to see how AI can actually start replicating the experience of a PMM and really 10x your life in, in a PMM. But um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be interesting how, how everything pans out for the next few years. Yeah, and. You know, I just like to call out and remind us all because we're all guilty of it. Is that not everything it spits back to us is true? Yeah, totally. Yeah. And and sometimes when it's wrong and you you have enough experience to know it's wrong, you catch it. But if you don't know and it spits something back to you, you just take it as truth. Yeah. Yeah. And that you got to be real careful. It's not. It's it it it's a slippery slope. Yeah. Uh, so I've got one big question left and I know we talked about this, so I prepared you a little bit, but what is a question someone should ask you, but they don't like uh, maybe it's, they start too far down the road and they really need to back up five steps and ask this question instead. Or maybe there's something about you that we just need to hear more about what it would be those questions that people should ask you. And this is more like personally what, what people should ask me or professionally any of it. Someone, Any of it. Someone's picking yeah. up their phone. They're talking to Neil. What should they be asking you? Yeah, I think, you know, one piece of like advice if I have for somebody who wants to enter a product marketing profession or a marketer for that for the matter of fact, right? A lot of times uh, marketing is looked as a cost center. So, hey, you know what? I want to drive 1,000 leads. What channel should I drive what, what channel should I put more money on and how much is going to cost me 
Should I do more events? How much is it going to cost me? Should I do more digital ads? How much is it going to cost me? I would actually like folks to reframe that a bit and actually look at marketing as an investment, right? So marketing today, for the majority of the part, the perception is it's a cost center, right? We've got to, you know, give marketing a budget and this is how it's going to impact our P&L. But the, the day you start thinking of marketing as an investment, now you're thinking long-term versus short-term, right? And I think that's that's a kind of the reframing or a, or a new direction I want folks to start thinking about marketing as an investment and thinking in terms of long term because the the yeah market it's hard for marketing to just build a whole bunch of pipeline in ten days that's very short term thinking but when you build a brand from a long term standpoint a lot of good things will happen yeah I I could not agree more I that that is like my 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 song of the century my motto. I have so many mottos, but um, you know, I think to me it sounds like the question isn't should they be asking how much they cost, but they should be asking, is this the right investment? Is this yeah. the right move? Is this going to bring us a future? Yeah. Um, and while we all acknowledge that if you don't have enough pipeline to get through your cash runway, you won't exist. Yeah. But if you cannibalize your brand because you did too many like get rich quick get rich quick schemes you know exactly. um, you, you're just you're not going to have a future if you if you, it's win at all costs yep. it's going to cost you totally totally and people you know people resonate with brand they don't buy like for example today if you want to buy household items what's the first thing that comes to mind amazon yeah if you want to watch uh, a movie on a saturday night it's netflix right so these companies then you know, build a brand overnight, but it was a consistent effort from a long term, and, and there are tremendous advantages to building a a, a brand for long term you know, viability of a business. Yeah, absolutely. And they built those brands on repeatedly, consistently showing up as a certain thing exactly. that is meant for certain people and not everybody. And, yep. and they may expand into everybody. Amazon has certainly expanded from where they started into so many things. Yep. But on each of those things, they deliver consistently what the people that came there for that thing is. Yeah. Um, yep. And that's that's branding. Um, that's how we get there. Totally. Uh, if someone wants to find you uh, or get a hold of you, what is the best ways for them to do it? Yeah, I'm actually pretty active on LinkedIn these days. So if you want to have a chat or you know, want to find me, just go on LinkedIn. And if you like to chat, just DM me. Awesome. And, you know, for those who are only listening, his, his LinkedIn will be in the show notes. But Neil, do you want to just spell out your whole name just so that everyone can be yeah, very I mean, clear which Neil it is? Yeah, so I think the full name is Neil Shaw. And if you want to pronounce it, N-E-I-L. And the last name is S-H-A-H. Wonderful. Thank you. This is Leanne. And if you want to get a hold of me, please email questions to info at markagy.com. That is info at M-A-R-K-I-G-Y.com. Markagy is a fun made up word to describe the blend of creativity, science, and data all within marketing. And so we like to make sure that the customers are at the center of it. And I thank you so much for listening. Please leave a review at the end of this also. It helps me to know that we're talking about the right things. Thank you and have a good day.